Well, we want to welcome everyone again to SaltCast. Uh, my name is Bob Turner, and I work as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training, otherwise known as SALT. And with me, co-host Chuck Ramsher. Welcome, Chuck. And our special guest, John Began, who works with Trellis. John, welcome. We're so glad to have you with us. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, you've shared some great information, and I'm learning tons, so I know that others are as well. And in the work, I think this is kind of the elephant in the room to some degree because we've been in this pandemic now for the last 10, 11 months. And I know that it affects the homeless situation. And so if you would tell us a little bit about how the coronavirus has affected your work, what that looks like, how that impacts your serving the homeless community and, uh, and all that goes into that. <clears throat> Well, what's been interesting in Costa Mesa, and, and I haven't heard of any other outbreaks uh, in other cities, but the homeless community has not been affected by the coronavirus. Um, um, I think I only know of one homeless person that got the virus, and they got that because they got beat up, they ended up in the hospital, and they got it in the hospital. <laughs> but they're, they're not getting it. They haven't been getting it on the street. Um, I think probably because their immune system living out in the elements all the time because they don't do safe distancing. They don't wear masks. They, they're hugging and sharing clothes and food and needles and yet they're, they're not getting the virus. Wow. So for, in that regard, it's been um, business as usual, you might, might say. Now what we try to do at the things like the check-in center, we require our volunteers now to, to wear masks, try to do safe distancing as much as possible and, um, put in some of those protocols at some of the different programs that are happening. What really has hurt the homeless because now they don't have places to go to where they can just hang out. Whereas they could go to like the soup kitchen or a place called SOS Save Ourselves where they could go there and they just kind of hang out there throughout the day where they can't do that anymore because of COVID. They got to move them along. So it's hurt that it's hard for us sometimes to find them. It's, it's hurt us that um, we can't build the relationships with them as much as we used to. But also we have a shelter in Costa Mesa, which Trellis was a major factor in getting that established in our city. Um, it's a 50 bed shelter, but it's been cut down to 25 now because of COVID. So that means we have less people that we can get into there and it keeps them out on the street longer. And so that has made it very difficult. Uh, there has been some, programs by the state where they put those that are very vulnerable, 65 and older, or have prevailing health conditions, they're putting them in hotels. And so we go and we visit them there um, and try to make contact. Uh, but everyone wants to get in. They don't understand the whole process and wondering why they're not getting a hotel room for free for six months, <laughs> you know? Um, and the ones that do get it, they're not using it for the best. They're bringing in people that friends that they shouldn't be and doing things that they shouldn't be doing. So they get kicked out. And so they end up back on the streets and it's more that we have to deal with that. I think I'm more affected by it from the city uh, standpoint from what I can do with the city versus with trellis. Um, we just keep on trying to do what we're doing. Now our community impact team has been put on hold because of it. So our back to work program, we haven't been able to do that since COVID because the businesses aren't really operational. The churches are closed. So Mariners has needed our, our folks. The um, restaurants are closed. They're not doing catering. So they're not able to take our people. So 
it has hurt us in that back to work program tremendously. So it's, it's kind of been on hold right now because of that. Wow. But uh, it has not spread in the, in the homeless community. That is incredible. And I especially know in California, it seems like there has been such a spike in coronavirus cases. And so, yeah, yeah. That's well, I, at the same yeah. <laughs> I got sick yesterday with a head cold and everyone goes, you got COVID? You got COVID? I go, no, just got a head cold. <laughs> I'm okay on this. But they're all, everyone's paranoid, you know? So, um, but you know, we're required to wear masks through the city and, and I do that with, with Charles. Um, so my major role with the city is to visit people when they get housed. So they, they'll go in our shelter, they'll get housed, and it's just as difficult keeping them housed as it is getting them into housing. Because a lot of times they're not being housed in areas in Costa Mesa, in, in other surrounding cities. And so all their community is gone. And then you got COVID, that's gone. So they're getting really stir crazy. And uh, when you got too much time on your hands and you're alone, and you've got addiction issues or mental health issues, it's not healthy. And so that's probably the biggest challenge that we have. That's why I think it's important that churches adopt a homeless person, you know, they, in a sense, or someone that that's housed. You've got small groups. So you get a small group and say, we're going to adopt Joe who just got housed, you know, and we're going to visit him. We're going to call him. We're going to encourage him. We're going to invite him to church, invite him to Bible study, maybe bring him a meal or do a potluck. Deal. But you're, creating a new good healthy community so they don't go back to their old community where they're going to get back into a behavior that's not healthy for them sure <clears throat> so that's how churches really can get involved wow. in everything go ahead okay okay well uh you know last time we spoke uh you brought up a passage that everywhere i preach it people are asking how can we do that? And you started to kind of answer it, um, but can you tell people specifically how they can get involved with a work like Trellis or Trellis itself? Because with COVID, um, a lot of people aren't getting out and so they may not feel like they can actually serve. And so what can people do to be a part of your work? I think for, for us at Trellis, we used to have um, volunteer uh, information days. So we would get it out to the community, to the churches, say, if you're interested in serving in the homeless community initiative, come meet at the Crossing Church at 10 o'clock, Saturday, first Saturday of every month. And then we would kind of tell them this mm -hmm. is different ways they can get involved in, whether it's at the shelter, whether it's at the check-in center, whether it's at the soup kitchen, or, you know, another nonprofit someplace. And so we just kind of educate them on where they can get involved and how they can get involved uh, in that area. So one of the things the reason we got um, the homeless initiative in Costa Mesa is because we went to the city and we went to the businesses and we went to the neighbor and said, what are the biggest challenges in Costa Mesa? What were some of the biggest problems that they have that really need to be addressed? And homelessness was number one. And then education and neighboring. So we just kind of went out to say, what does your city need? How can we be a blessing and then create opportunities for people to get involved in that? Um, if there's there's no trellis anywhere <laughs> in other cities, which we're hoping we can do that, that's one of our goals and things that we're working towards. We're actually talking to several cities now. I've spoken at Dana Point, Huntington Beach, Newport Beach, uh, to some of their city council, to some of their churches, to see about how we can get a trellis in their city um, as well. But <clears throat> look, 
what's being done already. You know, are there churches that are feeding the homeless? Are there churches um, that or nonprofits that are reaching out to the homeless? And then you can go and call them and say, hey, how can I be a blessing and work? And then that way you kind of learn and get to know the people in your community, the homeless in your community, and how you can maybe help them and try to bring them together, you know. Um, there's only two churches that do anything really for the homeless and as they're part of their ministry mm-hmm. um, in Costa Mesa out of the 54 churches. But we have over 34 churches that are actively involved in our homeless initiative. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. And, you know, I, the thing I love about what you said was, was really geared towards people getting involved. It wasn't just send money. It's right. how can they get involved and in what they can do. And at the same time, I know Trellis requires funds in order to operate. <clears throat> yes. I think people, you'd mentioned the website, wearetrellis.com. Uh, can people learn from the website and how they can financially contribute and be involved? Absolutely. So there's a donate button on the website. And then it will have a drop-down window where you can donate to a specific initiative, whether it's education, homelessness, or neighboring, or to specific individuals. Like, I have, you know, Trellis pays me very small (laughs) salary, but it's kind of like I'm like a missionary in Coastmates where I have different people that sponsor me. Mm -hmm. I have, uh, I had two churches. One church had to drop out because of finances, so I lost, you know, 400 bucks, you know, like that. Um, but I have individuals that sponsor me, um, on a monthly basis. And that's how I am able to, uh, stay above water and keep my mother-in-law from selling oranges on the side of the freeway. So she lives with us. (laughs) So it it keeps us, you know, that way, but you can, you can donate, um, and, and, and choose that, whether it's a one-time contribution or it's a, a monthly ongoing type of situation on there. So can do all that at the website. Yeah. Even even yeah. you individually, they can do that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to turn our discussion a little bit in the direction of leadership because that's kind of one of the main things that I focus on is helping leaders. Yeah. And, and I want this to be a resource to those who are in leadership. Uh, if you would take, take a few moments to explain how leaders have responded, uh, your experience to how leaders in the church have responded to the homeless situation. Um, I'll do a disclaimer. I want to be real careful because I've gone through, I've gone through quite a bit, um, with leadership. You know, uh, I love the church. Um, I love the leadership. Um, some places that I've been involved with, they weren't so embracing. Um, uh, but I've, I've worked with 34 different churches in Costa Mesa and we're, they're not churches of Christ. And, they have loved on me and been a part of this ministry and supported me and supported what we do in, in a lot of ways. We don't get into the theological discussion other than we're going to love God and love others. And we're going to come together. We're not trying to steal or we're not afraid that we're going to lose a member to this church or to that church. It's really about just coming together as one body. You know, I know there's a lot of theological implications of that. But I think our main focus is how can we love on people uh, as believe, believers in Christ. So I've had, um, at the place I was at for six and a half years, uh, the majority of the congregation was 110% backing what I was trying to do. And then there was a small group of people that had been there forever 
that were against it. <clears throat> they thought I was going to come in and get rid of it, uh, the homeless ministry. They had been doing it, like I said, for 27 years. And it was toxic. Um, <clears throat> they had lost its purpose, why they were doing what they were doing. And so I had to kind of come in and change the culture. I didn't make any changes for the first year. I just sat and observed and uh, taught and tried to teach and model for over a year on how this needs to look and how we need to be the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus to a broken world. And um, there was members when, before I got there would have nothing to do with the homeless ministry. But after they saw the changes and preaching and teaching and spending time with them, they started really advocating and working very hard in that ministry. And they, they, they just became such cheerleaders for it and supported it in so many ways. But I still had these four people that didn't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, tried to do the right thing uh, the best way that we could. <laughs> so you're going to have that. You're going to have some people that don't understand that. I had someone tell me at that church, says, well, you're not going to grow your church with homeless people here. Mm-hmm. And they're probably right in some, some ways. Um, I've been part of church plants, and I've seen church plants grow up in Costa Mesa, and they have a specific demographic that they want to reach, that they feel they're going to grow their church, and you know this is how we're going to grow young families and all that, and they leave aside the hurting people that need the gospel just as much, you know. <clears throat> we have one of our main churches that sponsors a trellis is they don't run this ministry, but they support in the sense that they tell their members about it. They say, Hey, trellis is having this event. Here's ways that you can go and serve, go see trellis. So we have a lot of churches. What they do is they just send their people to us. They send their members cause they don't have a, a really outreach. And I don't know too many churches that have a good outreach whatever it is, whether it's single moms, whether it's seniors, whether they, they don't go so much outside their four walls. And I'm not trying to be overcritical, but I've been preaching, teaching, and been with the church for over 30 years. It's just kind of what, what, what I've seen. Um, so your church doesn't necessarily have to run the homeless ministry. But if there's a homeless ministry that's going on and someone in your church has a heart for that, and maybe the church has a heart for it, then they can join, uh, you know, with another group and say, hey, we want to come along and help you. I've got seven churches that provide snack lunches six days a week for our homeless. They, they'll bring anywhere from 30 to 40 to 50 sack lunches uh, a day, and then we hand those out to the homeless at the check-in center. I've got churches that donate food. I can get 100 people to pass out eggs and clothes. It's very hard finding one or two that will actually breathe into people love and grace mm. and, and really invest in them personally. I think if, if churches, what I would encourage churches to do is to teach their people on how to walk alongside somebody that doesn't know God. That, and not that they're hidden, they just, they're so disconnected. They've never been taught. They've never been shown. And maybe some of their experiences that they have had with the church have been very negative, and so they turned off to the church. Um, but I've got people on the streets that can quote the Bible far better than I can, and they have a tremendous amount of faith. Like I said before, I've learned more about love and grace and forgiveness and generosity from the homeless group than I have with people within the church. So from a leadership standpoint, 
whatever ministry you're doing, do it with intentionality to believe, to breathe love and truth into them and to be of service, to be the hands, feet, and voices. Don't forget your purpose. And that's for the kingdom of God. You know, so whatever that is. If you've got homeless in your community, I, I would recommend leadership. Do they know what the biggest challenges are in their city? Do you know what the biggest challenge is in Lubbock? What is it in Virginia? You know, what, what is it in um, uh, Abilene? It might, homelessness might not be the issue, but you might have some major other issues in your city that no one's really addressing. Mm. Go to the city and say, how can we be of help? What are your challenges? We want to bring the body of Christ together to bring a solution to some of the city's biggest challenges. So education is another one of ours. Our um, Costa Mesa, the, uh, uh, what is it, the... Uh, Oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. It's the, it's the reading ability in um, by third grade. So if um, they're not reading at third grade level, the, the statistics show that your kids won't graduate from high school, 80%. They'll have kid out of wedlock. They'll be incarcerated. They'll be on drugs. So we want to, we have 22 churches involved in 20 of our schools. They have adopted, 22 churches have adopted 20, 20 of our schools and they go there and they help the teachers, they help the students, they help the parents, they help the principal. And now the literacy rate is going up. Wow. So that's one way that Trellis gets involved in their city and say, look, here's a huge need and we, we need to do this. So we also have a big diversity of uh, culture, Hispanics uh, and uh, others, uh, large Hispanic community. So that's one of the reasons the literacy rate is so uh, high. Um, but we also want to get to know our neighbor. Immigration was a big deal and we weren't getting to know our neighbors. So we looked at those are our three biggest challenges in Costa Mesa. And then your church might not be the one that's leading it, but they can go along with a church that is doing that. They have members that want to serve, but they don't know how. Mm. And if you want to reach young people, then you need to, to be of service because they don't want church. They don't want the four walls, but they want to make a difference. They want to make a difference in the world. They just don't know how or why. The church is the answer to all that, right? Yeah. The why is because God and what he's done for us. The how is just getting them connected back to God. And so when you have church outside your four walls, where they're able to see what, you, what your faith really means, that you're living out that faith in a genuine way, they're going to be attracted to you. And they're going to say, I'm going to be a part of this church, what they're doing. We just had three homeless baptized a week ago, you know, I baptized 12 while I was at the church, you know, and these people wouldn't never even go to church, but they're seeing, and I get young volunteers a lot, that, especially from the colleges, you know, part of them got to do it because they have to because of school, but the other part is they want to make a difference and they don't know how. So the church can, can change their city so well, and it's not standing up on a pulpit preaching at them. It's loving alongside of them in that. Yeah. <clears throat> so leadership has three audiences or, or ministry. You've got the people that you're serving. You've got your volunteers. And some of them, a lot of them are not necessarily Christians or going to church anywhere. So you get to work side by side with them. They get to see you, how you love on them and why you get to do what you do. But then also you got each other. You got the body of Christ coming together in fellowship and serving in a common um, goal 
of blessing people and loving on each other in the process and having the best fun that you've ever had, you know, because you're doing something together as a church, as one family, you're helping a group. So I know I got off track, but <laughs> no information. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah. uh, tell us just real quickly how people can contact you. If they want to look at more, ask you some, <laughs> talk to you about how they can get involved. How can they reach you? Um, they can always reach me um, through email, which is John at we are trellis.com. W E A R E T R E L L I S.com. Um, that's my email. And my phone number is 559-474-1209. Please feel free to call and I will get back to you as soon as I can. (laughs) Thank you again for taking time to be with us. Thank you, Chuck. And I appreciate all of you who are listening in today. And uh, we're going to continue. We've got some further questions we want to explore and talk about with John and So anyway, we hope you'll join us again next week, but just thank you for taking time to be with us today. God bless.